All right, Tanner Thetford here on the Jan Thetford podcast with a very special guest to me and a very special guest to mom and just the whole Thetford area and you, Heather Daniel Kent. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's so fun because you get to introduce me, but I've known you forever. And like, you know, since you were a wee baby, a wee last. How old was I when you started showing up? Because uh, I was teenager. How old are you now? 36. Yeah, you were 16. Was I? Yeah. Because I remember my first introduction. My first introduction to you was mom said, I've got this, we've got this new kind of rock star in Kansas. You were in Kansas City the whole time, right? Yeah. And her husband, Frank. And then it was your first time at seminar. And the first picture I saw was y'all's bodybuilder, like you two together when when that's what y'all did, I think, all the time. Yep. And then Frank showed up with to play golf with dad and I. And he had somebody's granddad's clubs, but the shaft would like, it was like a one of those workout bands and him he was so strong swinging this thing and it was hilarious but he couldn't even because he couldn't even get it off the ground it was made for like 90 95 year old men is what it was made for so hilarious well he's <laughs> advanced his own clubs now like he's fancy oh is he into it he's well you know sort of he has j golf golf cleats so if that's into it you know he's got yeah. <laughs> yeah. well it's most of it's about looking the part but well, I know you. Everybody else may not know you. Tell me a, bit, a little bit about you personally. Now, you, Frank, we mentioned Frank. Just kind of catch us up real quick. Okay. So Kansas City is where I am from. The only podcast I listen to are Craig Rochelle's Leadership and Chiefs News. <laughs> so that tells you a kind of where I where I go here on things. But I've got, we just moved six months ago. So we are country people now. We've got acreage and animals and um I've got there's always animals in my office dogs and cats and turtles and bunnies and an axolotl I don't know if you knew I had an axolotl your kids will probably think I'm the coolest person in the world that I've never even heard of an axolotl I literally 36 years old I do not this is the first I, I didn't know about him either until somebody introduced me to him but now kids have like axolotl parties and it kind of looks like a swimming pokemon it's very funny so look it up Wait, is it a dog no it's a fish Oh. got like gills and hair and legs and arms and a tail and absolutely out of control so uh -huh. yeah Mary Kay almost 20 years which seems so you were 16 when I met you and I was 26 I mean just be bopping around thinking I was cool that's well and I think that's one of the reasons I guess you know we connect with y'all because we were, we were closer in age and I yeah. think obviously you came in and um we just connected well I, I think Rachel and I were both there that year for whatever reason it was, but um, mom has talked about you and everything she's ever done, you know, from the last, from what I remember, just kind of her top people and what she's doing and has a lot of respect for you and what you've done. So, and that's why we want to have you, have you here because you have kind of a different perspective with the age stuff and um, obviously being in Kansas city. And now you are a Chiefs fan, right? Rabid, rabid Chiefs fan and have been since I was, um, since we were terrible. You're not a bandwagoner. You didn't jump on board with like the tech bands when Mahomes went. No, no. I'm a true diehard fan. Um, yeah. And it's it's really quite fun in Kansas City now because it wasn't fun for a long time. Well, it should be fun for a long time. Now, did you grow up in that area or tell I mean, are you like kind of nope. fill me fill me into just briefly and then how why why did you join uh Mary Kay? So I um I am from Independence, Missouri. Um, we, I actually grew up in the RLDS church. And so that is a huge hub 
for, so that's what brought my family here originally. So it's just a suburb of Kansas City. And now I'm eh, 20 minutes more outside of Kansas City. And so when I was introduced to Mary Kay, I had just gotten engaged to Frank. And so we were at a bridal fair and this lady's like, you should sell Mary Kay. And I was like, <laughs> I literally looked behind me. I was like, uh, who is she talking to me? Because you can't be talking to me because I was a social worker. You were like a bodybuilder too at this time. Like you were, you, you were always into all kinds of stuff, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, we were into fitness and health, you know, that kind of has went through waves in my journey when I, now I'm very steady and very committed, but you know, that kind of like anything had a lot of ups and downs in it, but I was social worker. I have a master's in criminal justice. So that was my background, not, you know, and I worked with kids that were locked up in facilities. So looking cute and looking um, in the, like I didn't wear hardly any makeup. I dressed down like, you know, it was, so Mary Kay was just a complete culture shock. Everything. Well, about kind of, it's honestly kind of, I think it's kind of similar to what mom did a little bit, but it's, you were probably, you had a master's in it. You were more into, I mean, it's honestly like the total opposite side of the coin. Um, yeah. So was it a financial reason or was it work for yourself reason or was it? Um, so when I, so I'm 26 and I've got all this education and it's what I always wanted to do. So I never changed my major and I was doing exactly. So my job was to transition kids out of facilities and help them find jobs and homes and, and become productive members of society. And you get down into um, you know, what you've always wanted to do. And I just hated it. And I hated it because it wasn't, it wasn't who I am. And of course, so, you know, a lot of my journey, Tanner, is that I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was good at. I didn't know what I would like. And, and to be in your mid twenties and just not have an, a clue that was rough. And so I knew I hated it. I just didn't know what to do about it. And I didn't have any idea what I could do about it because my education was so limited in that field. You're only qualified to do criminal justice stuff. Well, I didn't want to do criminal justice stuff. It was sad and it was, you know, sucky. So I went to the very first meeting and I, I literally told the lady that recruited me, I said, I'm not going to tell anybody and I'm not going to sell anything, but I want to come back to these things. So it was 100% cultural, like the environment of and, you know, I could say the hope for a better future, or I could say the financial, because I had $65,000 in debt. It should have been financial, but really right. it was that I felt happy and that I felt positive and that I was around. And I, because it was so different, obviously from criminal justice, nobody's happy. Nobody's positive. You know, everybody hated me because I'm a social worker and that's not a loved position. That is a, um, it's a sad position. So yeah, are you a people pleaser by nature. Are you kind of like a people pleaser? Or are you, I mean, because I, I am, I, I avoid conflict. I don't like all this stuff. I just want people to be happy. What's your Enneagram, by the way? Three, two. Me too. Okay. So We're I, vibe. That's how we vibe. Uh, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. So I'm a three, two as well. So my, my cover is that I'm a peaceful people pleaser, but inside I'm a rebel and I, I want to accomplish and I'm a disruptor and I'm like inside, but on the, I don't want you to be mad at me and I don't want you not to like me. And I don't want, I want you to respect me. And so the, the face that that gets shown um, and I hate conflict. I mean, I would rather eat my shoe 
than to have, I like, I, cause I'm like, why, why do we have to have conflict? Just like me and we're going to be fine. And yeah. then do like, just, yeah yeah i like me everybody else likes me what I, it's funny i have a customer that i've that we are 99 percent in the right on and i was supposed to call him for six weeks and i just i just keep pushing it i'm like no 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 it's not, it's not right because uh, i will mom mentioned that too she said that you have she you have done more self-work than than a lot of people that she's been around and you're talking about a lot now i'm into all this too I've done the Berkman with Dr. Baxter, you know, it's kind of where it all started. And I've done the Enneagram and all of them um, because just learning how God makes us. And I was actually um, at an event where they said, you know, the most successful people are the ones that know who they are. And as a Christian, I think it takes out the arrogance of I did this. I'm wired that way. I'm just using the gifts God gave me or trying to. Um, and a lot of my struggles have come from trying to do things. One, people please and say, yeah, I'll do that when I know I'm terrible at it and trying to do things that I'm not wired for. And that's been quite the journey for me over the last decade. So can you kind of talk, can you expand on that, how important that is for you or people listening where they should start? Just where's your heart at there? It's everything to me. It, you'll hear it in, and not surprised that you picked up on it because it's in every messaging. You know, Dr. Baxter and I have done a lot of work together, a lot, a lot, a lot. And so much of the work that he has helped me through is like I said, I didn't know who I was. And um, so that, you know, when you don't know who you are, you can become arrogant in those gifts. Mine was so far the other side of you can't lead people if you don't like who you are, because you won't allow them to get close to you. Because then you're like, well, then you'll see the woman behind the mask. And I can't let you do that, that you won't like me, you will know that I'm a fraud, you will like I was so I didn't know what was going on in here. So I didn't know how to lead people well. And so my journey, Berkman was huge. I remember Dr. Baxter saying to me, what I see from your Berkman is that you should be left alone outside. I was like, yes. why can't you just leave me alone and put me outside? Because um, it really is. Um, and how protective I am. Like I will fight to protect others. Um, and that's, that has been an interesting learn about me. You can, you can see it in my leadership style and that, that has been pretty cool. But I'll tell you the Clifton Strength Finders was huge for me because I love Enneagram. I love, I'm gonna love basic needs and love languages and it's all love languages changed my marriage for sure. Um, but Clifton Strength Finders was the day when I saw that on a piece of paper. First I saw it and I was like, well, I don't like any of those. <laughs> then, then the next day when I went back to it, I was like, this is who God made me to be. So instead of poo-pooing who I am because other people have poo-pooed it and because I was not raised to like myself, then because I was told I was somebody, this was the truth. And that for the first time I could stop arguing with myself. And when you stop arguing about who you are and learn who you are, then you can cultivate it, you can grow it, and then you are then you can share with other people, like not just who you are. But when I remember Dr. Baxter saying, the more in touch you are with who you are, you can remove yourself from the coaching conversation. Right. Because when you bring all your needs to the table, you can't be, you can't help other people with their needs. So it's that, it's that mindset of putting your own mask on first, but taking care of yourself. Because if you, if you're needing something from other people, then, you know, you can't even help yourself. Exactly. 
Exactly. And then you're, you're vomiting all your needs on them instead of truly being a servant. So what, was this a six month process? How old am I? Um, this, this was, this has been years, I think of developing. And I think what, what I like about all these different things that you learn is that one just kind of stacks on each other, you know, like Clifton string finders was one thing. And then you put Enneagram on top of it. And you're like, because Enneagram is how you show up in the world. And then your internal motivation. Well, okay. So people view me that way. Huh? <laughs> like, Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> oh, that's, you know, and especially for threes, we tend to show up very differently than who we really are sometimes. And so um, I think that I like all of them. It's been years and years of a process and a lot of therapy. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of counseling involved in that, but then it just stacks on each other and really gives you a good picture of who you are. Yeah, threes are funny because, and I don't know if you do this, but like, I, we've never been a big outdoors family, especially, you know, West Texas. There's not a ton of that, like, a, in close vicinity. But my buddies make fun of me growing up because we were going hiking or fishing. I'd walk out and I'd look the part, but it'd all be brand new. Like, I just took the tags off it. And they were like, just wear a t shirt. I'm like, I just, I don't want to do that. That's not what threes do. Exactly. Threes want to be perceived as they know what they're doing at all times. And I didn't learn that until I was 30. Um, and it's interesting. And some of that you can own. Like, I wear collars. If, I, if you know, I'll, if I'm going to the store for ice, you know, I'll go put a collar on. And Megan's like, "Why do you do this?" Like, I don't know. I just have to do it. Um, but it's kind of freedom in a lot of that. And I think I picked up on what you're saying too. Are, did you find more freedom in yourself, like in, in a way of going to do more, or how's it, how how does that work? More freedom in who I am, but I think more so grace for other people, um, mm. because. I tend to be very judgmental and I tend to like my expectations, you know, I'm a maximizer in my Clifton strength finders. And I just, my expectations are through the roof of people. And when I allow myself to see who I am, I feel like it helps me so much see who other people are, but more importantly, help them see who they are. And so just giving people grace where they are in that process um, like I am where I am now. I'm certainly not where I want to be in this. There's, I think that's going to be a lifelong thing, but I, I, I meet people who, where I was 10 years ago and I'm like, oh, I can't wait for you to know, like, I can't wait for you to start the journey. And I think before I would have been like, like what, like what act right, man, you know, <laughs> like don't do that <laughs> when I think it gives me grace for, for who I I've always been the same person, but just the awareness of it. Do you spend a lot of your time now helping others kind of figure out who God made them to be? I think it's my number one calling. How do you go? How do you go about that? Um, I think just using all the tools. First of all, the messaging in everything I say, whether we're talking about lipstick or whether we're talking about leadership in Mary Kay or whether we're talking about fitness. I mean, I think the message is always from me if you're going to make this stick and if you're going to change a habit or if you're going to um, lead people, it all starts right here and knowing who you are. And I think it's more prevalent now that people don't know who they are than it ever was. I think we have all the tools. We have so many tools, except people are like just completely unaware. So I think helping people find the tools would be huge. So that's what I need. And, and I it's overwhelming know. too, because when you get that Berkman or you get a disc assessment, you're like, how do I read this? Yes. Um, you have to have somebody safe to bounce it off of. So one thing that I do with 
Clifton, the strength finders is going through the, those reports with my people and saying, because you, when you look at your report, you're like, yeah, but I don't want to be that way. Or at least I was, I'm like, mm, poo poo. Like I, like one of mine is competition. Of course it's competition. And you know, just the desire to be, to win all the time. And when you're a woman, when you're a girl, sometimes that is a message that is not like you need to be like, I was always told I was too much. Heather, you need to soften. Heather, you need to, you know, take it down a notch. Well, strength finder said, girlfriend, there ain't nothing about you that was wired to be small. And Mm -hmm. so to stop apologizing for it. And so then when you're working with somebody else, what, what was their childhood messaging that said to not lean into these strengths? And let me help you because I can see it. I think a gift of mine is seeing things in people that they don't see for themselves. And I, and I love that gift because that is that service at its finest, I think. Well, and it sounds like too, you know, cause the, when you do this stuff, you don't pay for it, right? Like you're paying somebody else in Dr. Baxter's sense, or you're paying for an assessment or you're spending working hours or family hours or friend hours reading this stuff and trying to learn. And that's what I've seen people and seen it myself is there's not that immediate reward. And I think we, we have a grip on what we think we are, but it's so much deeper than that. Um, so when you do that with people, like really just introducing them to the, to the aspect, but like how many hours have you spent on this in the last 20 years? Countless, countless. I think it's what we, what I always do. Um, I think coaching hours are a little bit different than just communication hours. Communication is countless, but coaching, I mean, gosh, I wouldn't even venture a guess hundreds and hundreds of hours invested in people because that's the greatest investment because I want them to be able to do the same thing. Now, they may not be wired like me with the, the passion of sharing this exact message, but whatever it is, it's it's in there somewhere and we got to unlock that passion so they can continue to share it with other people. Well, I know I know you have quite the following too. And, I, and if people are seeing you and looking up to you, you know, kind of like they have with mom, it's like if they try to be you, they'll fail because yeah. God didn't make them that way. So to, and, and I think the big personality and the charisma always attracts people, but it's also a lot kind of normally behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, you said something too, and I want to kind of wrap this portion up, but I want to ask two things. How have you seen it affect you? And how does it tie into Mary Kay? Um, how have you seen it affect your numbers or your, your people there? And then personally, like your marriage, I mean, has it just affected everything more than you'd imagine? Yeah, every, definitely everything. I, you know, specifically about the love languages, when, when Frank and I did that test, you know, of course, poor Frank, I come home and I'm like, oh, I've got a new test. Oh, I've got a new thing. <laughs> like, okay, where is it? Let me do it. Like, you know, <laughs> like I, he's always the guinea pig. And I tell you what, more has happened with his business than, I mean, that his story is so radical. You should interview him. It like, I, I loved, I love seeing his business change because of the things that I get to learn and then pass on and share with him. But love languages, I remember when we took that assessment. So acts of service is my off the charts highest. And then gifts is my second. Well, his is quality time and words of affirmation. So I remember him looking at mine and he goes, I need to apologize. And, you know, Frank's a two, three. So he's just nice all the time. And of course, he all he does is apologize. And all I'm like is, what are, 
I'll accept your apology. <laughs> it's like once in a while. And I'm like, hmm. well, when I'm sorry, I will let you know. Like until that time, you know. So he said, I need to apologize. I honestly thought, and we've been married like 10 years at this point. He goes, I thought you just liked people to do things for you and buy you stuff. And I was like, I could see where you would think that. He's like, I never thought of it as love. I never right. thought of it as how you gave love or received love. And so I remember his 40th birthday, I bought him 40 presents and they, um, they were like grills and J's and like expensive 40 days of Frank's 40th birthday. And about the day before I started to give him these presents, I was like, he's not gifts. He didn't he's, care. He will, he'll, he's going to hate it. He doesn't, he, it embarrasses him. It makes, and I, I mean, I had to scrap everything and threw him a, prize, a surprise party because it's quality time. <laughs> I, I mean, like that kind of thing really, and he's a words of affirmation. Well, that's like my bottom one. Like, don't say it, do it, but don't even. That's so funny. Megan and I are the same. Every Christmas I show up with all the stuff and I'm so excited and she just cares, could care less. Yes. And then you're devastated because then you've worked and spent all this money and, and it just completely makes you feel unloved. And then he doesn't feel loved. Because I, that's the kind of stuff that will really ruin a marriage is if you don't know each other, like it's so much easier now. I'm like, oh, quality time. I rock at quality time. I love hanging out with Frank. It's my favorite thing. I nail yeah. that. Well, th and this is somebody you spent two, three decades of your life with and you're trying to figure out. I'm sure that's much harder in a work setting that you get maybe an hour a month with people. Yes. Um, I think the grace, like you talked about, of learning who people are, um, because it really is a challenge to one, learn how to lead yourself and two, learn how to lead others. And I know that's done a lot for you, you know, professionally as well. But to wrap this portion up, Heather, I want to ask you a question. You, asked, you said you know who you are. Who are you? That's a great question, Tanner. Um, gosh, I don't, well, man, I need hard to put into words. That, that was why I asked, because it's hard to put into words hard to put into words um I'm a fighter that's the word that makes me cry that's the word that wells me up with emotions um I'm a fighter for people I'm a fighter for what I believe in um I'm a fighter if I don't like it I'm a fighter if I disagree maybe not in words but with my with my actions that's why I hate conflict but <laughs> like I'll, I'll, I'll do something different, um, <laughs> say it, but I'm going to do something different. Um, yeah, I, man, you're going to make me think about that. I would say that's the only thing I, that really comes off the top of my head is I'm a fighter. Well, mom is behind me saying yes, and she agrees. Um, but I think that's the thing too. And that's why I wanted to ask it because I've done so much work on this too. And I think people need to show themselves the grace of because we do inherently know who we are and it is such a lifelong journey to show how God made us and what we're good at. Um, and I think you see it, Heather. I mean, I, I don't, obviously I have not spent a ton of time with you, but just listening to what mama said and kind of seeing the things over the years. I mean, you're night and day different. I think you've done the work and I, to be one of the top producers and a big reason why the Thetford area has done what it's done um, is not because necessarily you, you called and sold more lipstick or makeup or had more meetings. It's because you took the time to say, who am I? 
And I'm going to go figure that out because you're getting more out of what the minutes you have when you're working in that sweet spot. And those are all trendy terms, but my kind of what I want anybody listening to know is it's harder than you think to figure it out. For sure. And you're going to get tested all the time. And you're like, you think you got it all going and then wham. And you're like, okay, now who am I again? And then some jerk's going to ask you to answer it verbatim in a couple sentences and then we mess you up. Like I have notes to myself, Heather, who are you in one sentence? (laughs) (laughs) It's your own personal mission statement. Hey, I want to come back if you don't mind. I want to pause right here. Do you mind coming back for the kind of a more of a Mary Kay journey and we'll kind of do this in two sessions? Yeah. All right. We'll be back with Heather in just a minute or another or a week or however we break this up, but she'll be (laughs) twice. That's all I know.